Welcome to the Paul Leslie Hour, your source for quality interviews with interesting folks. In this episode, we're joined by country singer, songwriter, recording artist, and Sirius XM radio personality, Dallas Wayne. As Ray Waddell of Billboard magazine said, if you don't get Dallas Wayne, you ain't country. So help keep the Paul Leslie Hour going. Just go to thepaulleslie.com slash support and we thank you. So let's get this talk going. Paul Leslie and the Big D right here, right now. Hello, hello. How you doing, Paul? Good to see you. Hey, good to see you. I'm doing well. How about you? Doing fine and dandy. Living the dream playing hillbilly music on the <laughs> radio <laughs> <laughs> oh well, yeah it's a good monday good it, it's so good to see you good to see you too as well looking forward to this absolutely well i'm talking to someone who is a part of the life of myself and so many of you who are, who are watching we are joined by dallas wayne he is a singer songwriter recording artist you also hear him all the time on Willie's Roadhouse on Sirius XM. And you've got this new album coming out. It's going to be out April 22nd, Coldwater, Tennessee. It's a great pleasure to have you on here. Yeah, what an honor, Paul. Thanks for having me. And yeah, I'm real excited about the new record. It's going to be a busy Friday. Yeah. Well, the one song I was listening to it not long ago, I hit the road and the road hit back. And, uh, <laughs> There's a there's a line in there, I thought I knew it all, but I didn't know Jack. When you think about the young Dallas Wayne who was starting this music game, what goes through your mind? Oh, my Lord, I didn't have a clue. After uh, 50 years now since, <laughs> since I started out, and I think everybody feels this way. They all have a, a certain ideal of what the music business is all about and what show business is and how glamorous it can be and that kind of thing. But it's also a long slog. You know, it's a wonderful time. I wouldn't trade it for anything, and I wouldn't have traded any of that uh, 50 years for nothing. But uh, it's uh, it's a little slightly different than, than what you think it's going to be. Always is, as is life in general. Well, speaking of the uh, it, it's not always what you think it is, what was your misconception going into the music business? I didn't, honestly, I didn't realize, I kind of thought it was an all or nothing type thing. Either you become a huge, big, giant star, or you starve to death. But there's a, a, a way to kind of have a happy medium to where you make a living in the music business. You can raise a family, you can buy a house, you can do all those things. If you just keep working hard at uh, whatever opportunities are presented to you. One of the other songs I want to talk about, it's got just, I think, a great, a great vocal on it. Both you and then there's the 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 old school kind of speaking part that you don't hear so much anymore. And I'm talking about he even brought brought her flowers, which you wrote with some great songwriters. I'm hoping you can you can tell you tell us about that song. Well, I started that song quite a few years ago, uh, actually, when I was living over in Europe. And uh, I always kind of liked it, and I'd finished the form of the song with all the verses and everything like that, but I really wasn't that pleased with, with a good portion of it. And so, but I knew there was something there. So I enlisted uh, Bill Anderson and Buddy Cannon, who was, uh, Buddy, of course, is our record producer for this album for Coldwater, Tennessee, 
two Hall of Fame songwriters uh, that I uh, got to help me clean that up a little bit. And of course, when Bill Anderson does a recitation, nobody does it like like he does. And I try to include a recitation on almost every one of my records, mainly because of the radio work and things like that, too. It's something I'm comfortable doing. And I think it's a lost art form in country music. Uh, but when you had the opportunity to have Bill do that recitation, it sort of brought it all home for me. I'm glad that you keep the recitations alive. It's, it is, it's something that should more people should do. It should be a part of more country music today. Well, you look at, look at all the great songs from back in the, in the fifties and sixties, and even into the early seventies in country music. A lot of those are, are songs you will never forget, but, but are recitations because it's just so powerful because it's, it's a lot more intimate than uh, maybe singing a melody all the way through and you can act actually sit there and talk to the listener one-on-one. As you mentioned, a a couple of Hall of Fame, Nashville Songwriters Hall of Fame co-writers on that, Buddy Cannon and Bill Anderson. I mean, that's pretty pretty good uh, co-writing company. It's pretty tall cotton, I got to tell you. (laughs) Uh, I am honored to have both of those gentlemen as as friends, as well as uh, collaborators now at this point not only Buddy for uh, producing this record, because this whole record was Buddy Cannon's idea to do. And I'm, I'm just so proud that he uh, decided to help me produce this record. He offered, and I, I just was flummoxed. I, I, we're friends, and we've been friends for a long time. But I thought, there's friends, and then there's holy cow friends. And hmm. Buddy Cannon's one of those. So is Bill Anderson. He's been so good to me. The first time I ever played the Grand Ole Opry, Bill was the one that brought me on. And uh, he's always been a good champion of what I do. And we we uh, we talk baseball about every other day and, and a whole myriad of other things. But uh, Bill and I and Buddy are actually going to be doing this song on the Grand Ole Opry on uh, May the 7th. I'll be back on the Opry that night. And uh, Bill's on, on the same night. So we thought it'd be kind of fun to, to do uh, He Even Brought Her Flowers. Oh, well, well, we'll be looking forward to that. What does it feel like when you step on the stage of the Grand Ole Opry? There's nothing like it. I, I, I've marveled all the years. I don't think I've ever been nervous stepping on a stage with the sole exception of the Grand Ole Opry. The first time I did and stepped into that circle was singing. And uh, your mind kind of drifts when you sing. Uh, a lot of times because you're, you're concentrating. Okay. You're assessing everything. Is my pitch. Okay. Is my timing. Okay. Is the audience liking it? Is the drummer uh, speeding up or slowing down? You know, all these things come into your head and they're cycling through there as you're singing. And I came to the uh, turnaround on the song that I was singing and I stepped back from the microphone and I realized that my legs were actually shaking, which is something that, that I don't think's ever happened to me in 50 years of doing this. I always felt comfortable on stage, but there's something about the Grand Ole Opry that I will never, ever take that for granted. It's such a magical place. And uh, when you step into that circle, you're there. I've been listening to the advance that thankfully I got of Coldwater, Tennessee, and I appreciate very much. Your vocals are really great on this album. Can you tell us about the the singers? What vocalists have had the biggest influence on Dallas Wayne? Well, there's a bunch of them. Uh, Merle Haggard, of course. I'd be remiss without saying Willie because I love his phrasing, how he phrases uh, certain lines, lets them linger, 
speeds them up kind of for urgency, that kind of thing. I look on people like Vern Gosden as, as a great teacher. Uh, there was nobody finer in country music, and there's a ton of them. And they're all influences. Lefty Brazil, you know, going all the way back through that and, and of course, through Hank even. Those are all uh, big influences, and I think they shape a person's vocal style. I think you're a product of our gener- you know, your own generation. We were just talking about having this uh, this guest phrasing from Whispering Bill Anderson not long ago. Has there been someone you have always wanted to do a duet with that you haven't had a chance yet? My biggest regret would be, would have been Ray Price. He was another one of one of my teachers, and I always loved Ray. Uh, loved his his vocal styles and his 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 phrasing. And his tone was about as good as anybody. But I've got a pretty good bucket list of folks that I've already had a chance to do duets with, like Willie, Jeannie Seeley, and uh, Bill Anderson, a bunch of different people over the years like that. I love singing with other artists because it, it, it shows it's more of a, uh, how do I want to say this? It's more of a collaboration that way that it's a sharing, a total sharing of not only the lyric and the melody, but your presentation in general. And I, I, that's, that's something fun to do in the studio always. There've been a few artists who have recorded your work that really are just, I mean, wow. Who has done one of, one of your songs that really just knocked you out? I think I, I have to say my favorite is the uh, is the Jeannie Seeley Willie Nelson duet of "There's Not a Dry Eye in the House." It's just uh, it's always been one of my favorite songs, and probably if I had to pick one, it's probably my favorite song out of my catalog of all time. I love the the melody of it. I love the simplicity of it, and uh, to have two of those heroes grab a hold of that song and treat it so well was was pretty special. I had Jeannie Seeley on, and I have to agree. We talked about that song. It is just a, that is a knockout song. Oh, I love the, I love the intimacy of it between those two. You can tell they're old friends just by listening to them sing together. They're quite comfortable being uh, with each other on the record. And uh, it was a special moment for me. I was pretty knocked out because I kind of pitched it to Jeannie as kind of a last minute thing. I'd written that song with Ray Price in mind years ago and uh, recorded it myself. Did pretty well, okay with it. But then to have Jeannie and Willie do it was just, that was a big cherry on top of my cake. Does it feel like you have a closer connection to your fans because of the fact that, you know, a lot of artists, they come out with an album every year, every other year, but you have the added benefit of you're on the radio. People can hear you all the time. Does that create a closer connection? Oh, I think definitely so. Uh, that, I don't think there's anything more special than the one-on-one relationship that you can have with your listeners. You're talking directly to them mm-hmm. every day. And a lot of our listeners, I might be the only live voice they hear all day long. You know, They might be living out in the middle of nowhere somewhere, and that's the beauty of satellite radio. It, its reach is just phenomenal. It's a, it's a wonderful experience, and a lot of my listeners that I, I've been fortunate to stay with me for all these years have become friends. And uh, some of them may be virtual friends through the Internet, but I can tell you what their kids uh, did on graduation night, you know, two years ago and that kind of thing. And it, it's, it's special because 
I, the interaction between between listener and and host on a radio show is something that I don't think will ever go out of style. You know, there's a lot of different ways people are listening and getting their music these days, but they still turn on the radio when they want to hear somebody. And I think that's special. And I love it, especially when businesses have us on, have Sirius XM on hmm. uh, in their place of business, because that is the ultimate compliment you could ever possibly get. Shows shows us that they trust us with their clients, with their customers. And that's that's a pretty heady responsibility, something to be proud of. There were some times where I, I had a job that required a, an extensive, extensive commute through traffic going all the way all the way through the heart of Atlanta. And I wrote this piece about you guys did a special with Willie Nelson one time. And I started out and I was just I was just hating this drive. And by the end of the drive, you made me kind of like uh you guys made me kind of like I was happy to be in traffic. It was, it was <laughs> a strange thing. Oh, well that's wonderful. Thanks. Yeah. It does hopefully help the miles go by a little bit faster. It, when you get somebody like Willie on the air with you, you don't have to do a whole lot. He does most of it. And it's, it's, uh, cause he loves his fans as well. And he's an old radio guy too. A lot of people don't realize that, but Willie spent a lot of time in radio. So he's, uh, he has that in his toolkit. Plus he's a great person just to relate one on one with folks. Well, Dallas Wayne, when you're making a record, is there a guiding philosophy for you, something that's like a, a guiding mission when you make a record? I usually have a plan mapped out, and after after 13-plus albums now, I've got a way I like to do things. One of the great things about this record was I turned over all the production to somebody who I trust, which is Buddy Cannon. There's no better set of ears in this business, and there's no better producer with with a good heart and a good soul that everybody everybody that works for him wants to work for him the musicians the engineers everybody just adore him just adore him and it's just it's a really special thing to see and and buddy this time took a lot of pressure off of me i let him pick the songs i sent him about 20 songs out of my songwriting catalog some stuff that i've written uh, some of it going back 25 years plus and uh, just sent him a big pile of songs with just guitar and vocal demos. And because uh, that's how he said he wanted to hear him. He didn't want to hear him if I'd recorded before. He didn't want to know anything about it. He didn't want to be reminded of the arrangements or anything like that. So we, I turned it all over to him. And boy, did he treat these songs right. He took, him, took a lot of them in ways that, that I was kind of surprised pleasantly. So that he did. It's like... In the back of your mind, you're thinking, "Why the hell didn't I think of that?" <laughs> you know, but uh, he's such a great, gracious guy to work with in the studio. You know, he's got the ears, definitely. So, what do you hope someone gets out of the experience of listening to Coldwater, Tennessee? Well, it's a pretty broad expanse of, of stuff I've written over the years, and and of course, the new one with Bill and Buddy, and. I just hope they get a sense of me as a songwriter. That's all I ever really wanted to do was write songs. That's why I got into this business to begin with. And the two previous albums that, that I released were collections of country covers called Songs of Jukebox Taught Me. There's two volumes of that. And so 
over the past couple of years, I'd kind of gotten away from songwriting and then that, then that part of who I, who I am and who I want to be. And so this album afforded me to do that. And I hope people will be reminded that, Hey, this guy, not only is the guy that annoys the tar out of you every day on the radio, but he also does a little bit of picking and singing too. Dallas Wayne, has there been a compliment that you've received through the years that means the most to you? Yes. And I thought about this the other day. My parents were very supportive, don't get me wrong, about anything I ever wanted to do. But they they had the problem, as so many people do, of not understanding the music business. It was something so foreign to them. Both of them were in education. My father was a college professor and my mother was head of teacher certification for the state of Missouri. So I came, I came to the music business sort of out, out of left field for them. And one uh, year when I was living in Nashville, I just moved there, been there about a year, year and a half. And I hadn't called home for a couple of weeks. You know how kids are, you know, and I was just a, a teenager. And I'm pulling into the driveway to my house. Uh, where I was living there in Nashville. It was a big, long driveway going up the hill. And I look up at the top of the hill, and I think, uh-oh, that's my dad's truck. He'd been, <laughs> he'd been <laughs> over in Kentucky for an interview at a university over there and decided to just drop down in Nashville and see his baby boy and see what was actually going on. And it couldn't have been a better week. I had a bunch of gigs, uh, had a recording session. I took him to the recording session, a songwriting demo session for another songwriter uh, and was singing on it and had a couple of, couple of shows. And I remember after him being there for a couple of days, he was putting his suit bag back in the, in the truck, in the window of the truck. And he turned around and he said, son, I don't understand a damn thing about the music business, but I think you're onto something. Keep doing what you're doing. And that meant more than any kind of praise I would get from other fellow artists or anything. Cause it was, it was it's what all of us, all of us want as children. We want validation from our parents, mm. whether we admit it or not. That kept me going for a lot of years and but, it helped them understand it too. You know, him seeing it for, up, up close. Cause the only time they'd ever seen me play and sing was in some honky tonk somewhere, you know, they'd, they'd come out for the weekend or something like that. And, uh, There'd be fist fights and uh, loud drunks and obnoxious people. And then, and it's like, what in the world has our boy gotten into here? <laughs> but that, that was, that was a, a big validation for me uh, from him. And I, he didn't have to say that, but I, I, I'm sure glad he did. That's great. Well, it's been a great pleasure to be joined by the big D. I feel like, I feel like I've known you forever just because of the hours that I've spent listening to you. But everybody go to DallasWayne.com and also be sure and follow on the social media. There's always lots of really interesting pictures and it's a good way to stay in touch. And of course, listen to Willie's Roadhouse channel 59 on Sirius XM. Thank you so much. Are there any last words for this interview for our listeners out there? I just hope people pick up the album and enjoy it. It is one, it is probably the album out of all of them that I've ever done in my career that I'm the most proudest of. I really like this record and I hope they folks do too. It's great. April 22nd, Coldwater, Tennessee. Please folks give it a pick it up.
available wherever fine records are sold because it's not in the fine records section it's right there next to it there's another little section next to the fine records where they put ours so uh <laughs> pick it up we'd love it paul i can't thank you enough for taking the time to visit with me today appreciate you a great pleasure be safe all right sir Adios. Speed. you too thank you for stopping by today if you enjoyed our program consider telling a friend about it the Paul Leslie Hour is made possible through people just like you. So you want to keep the show going, right? Go to thepaulleslie.com. That's thepaulleslie.com. Click on Support the Show. And thanks to everyone who contributes. Performance of the intro music is courtesy of John Primerano, the entertainer, written by Scott Joplin. End credit theme music is courtesy of John Primerano, the traditional song, Corina, Corina. Your announcer is Dan Gold. Hey, that's me. The show is hosted and produced by Paul Leslie. And we'll see you next time on the Paul Leslie Hour.